Hello everyone and welcome to another edition of Delphi Discussions. I'm your host Brian Tonsoni and with me today is Kyle Klein and we're going to flip the roles today and Kyle's going to be interviewing me about some things about education that is going on here at Delphi. So Kyle, welcome to the podcast and take it away. Hey, thanks a lot, Brian. Um, I appreciate this opportunity for me to interview you instead of you interviewing me. Um, you know, one thing we kind of discussed before was about how you have been doing these discussions and how you've been interviewing other people. But being the person that you are, I said, hey, why don't we, like you said, flip the script mm -hmm. and actually interview you because um, and whenever I think of you, I think of a very passionate person. And you know, we're going to kind of go through some of those different passions that you have. Um, but it's—I think it would be a travesty if you had this—if <laughs> uh, you had this uh, podcast and, and we didn't have a chance to interview you and hear your thoughts. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Um, well, you know, I have—I have missed our own Delphi discussions that we like to have during prep period sometimes, <laughs> um, because uh, I would say probably out of the school we like to tend to think maybe a little bit more outside the bubble and uh, a little more outside of, you know, the four walls. And so um, I missed that. So I, yeah. I, I'm excited. To, so this know, is going to be fun. This is going to be great. Whether, Excellent. Whether anybody else listens or not. So. <laughs> That's right. Regardless <laughs> of the number of listeners. Yes. So thank you, both people that are listening. It's probably both of our wives. <laughs> yeah, <so>. exactly. <laughs> um, okay. Well, I want to start off with just um, talking about how like, I mean, you exude passion in everything you do, whether it is sports, um, coaching, education, and, you know, some of those things are what we kind of like to discuss because, and, and so we'll start with the, the big thing first here, um, you know, in sports. And so, you know, when, whenever kids see you walking down the hallway, you usually have some kind of university emblem on your shirt. You have different hats. I've seen your hat collection. It's, <laughs> it's larger than mine, which is, which is crazy. So um, just maybe tell me a little bit about why – sports, why you are so passionate about sports and what, what does it do to you and how does it really, you know, um, I don't know, how, how does it affect your life? Well, everyone has interests, <clears throat> right? And, and mine has, happens to be sports and I collect sports gear, whether it's the, the polos that you referenced or the hats. Uh, but I attend sporting events, big IU guy, because I'm a graduate of Indiana University and, and followed their sports when I was in college and participated mm -hmm. in all of the fun and frolicking that goes on with uh, football Saturday and, and basketball. Mm -hmm. and, um, we had some good runs when I was in college. We had won a national championship in basketball in 1987. The football team went to three straight bowls, and mm -hmm. that kind of got me uh, going. But even just before college, the competitive nature of sports – sports games, uh, fantasy sports, uh, mm -hmm. you know, football sports, and 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 going into coaching, it's just a, a way for me to compete after mm -hmm. my athletic ability has waned <laughs> uh, due to age and, and size and so mm -hmm. forth. But uh, it's just something that's very interesting to me, and there's a lot of it available now with television and events and, mm -hmm. and, and the Internet to, to learn about sports. So... I think passionate people are get people to follow them, mm -hmm. uh, and, and it's not all rosy. Sometimes when you're passionate, you get let down. <laughs> when your passions aren't granted, or right. or, or or you have a, a struggle, but I, I think one of the things that hopefully makes me successful, if I am successful, is that passion uh, that we see in sports and we see in some other areas. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, now I mean, you mentioned some uh, great things about what really led to 
being passionate about sports, um, one of them is fantasy football, and we're not going to talk about the the settings right now or like the league standings because yeah. um, I'm pretty sure you're up more towards the top, and I'm a little more towards the bottom. So, um, but one thing you mentioned about being at IU as a student and one of your sons mm-hmm. is at IU currently, um, Brandon, and your second son is at um, Indiana State, Brent. So. Um, Tell me what they do, because I mean, they—they're yeah. not like a normal college student. I mean, they're actually—they're yeah. engaged in sports as well. We—we are a sports family, and, <clears throat> and and both of the boys have chosen to go to separate colleges and be basketball managers. And my oldest son Brandon was a basketball manager for IU his freshman, sophomore, and junior year. This year, he's taken a job uh, <laughs> elsewhere on on campus. Uh, but Brent is in his second year at managing for Indiana State, and and the thing that's—it's sports. It's their way of staying. Uh, involved with sports without playing sports. The thing I enjoy about it the most is that they're servants. Uh, mm-hmm. To be a manager, you don't get a lot of <laughs> acknowledgement, <laughs> notoriety, right? yeah, notoriety. Uh, but you're very important behind the scenes. And both boys em- embraced what I think um, my wife Amy, who teaches here, and myself would like our family to be, but also our students to have is is mm-hmm. to serve others and have a little bit of empathy. Uh, with others, and so I'm very proud of, of their accomplishments. Yeah, and I, and I can understand that, and, and that's one thing that I think some students uh, don't realize that after you know after they are done with high school, they don't have to be done with sports, even if they're going to college not on a scholarship to play or something. But they can be involved, mm-hmm. and um, I mean, I can't imagine the experiences that your sons are obtaining, not just like being part of the group and the basketball group, but like I mean, the traveling, um, working with other people, the collaboration. Uh, being told, hey, you need to do this, this is all on you, or whatever. And I mean, you know, there's pressure also. And and Kyle, you and I have had those discussions you referenced early again, that um, they're gaining experience. Mm -hmm. And and not all education is in a textbook, in an assessment, in a test, in a classroom. Mm -hmm. Uh, They are basically getting live internships while they are at college and their resume is going to be not just summer internships but during the school year internship mm-hmm. uh, and learning skills of communication and organization uh, and planning that add to mm-hmm. their knowledge that they're gaining through education and that's something that and I know we're going to talk about education mm-hmm. down the road I'd like to see stuff like that incorporated in the high school uh, curriculum uh, because right. I think it's a combination of knowledge and skills and experiences that really make you mm-hmm. successful so through their managing uh, experience, I think they're gaining a lot. Right, and and like you said, we are going to mention that. Um, we're going to mention your poster here in a little while when we get into education. But uh, I agree, and I mean, there's some things that you know a textbook can't teach you, and there's so many life experiences that you can have the chance to be a part of. That if you take that skill, and and, and it it is a good resume builder. But you know what? That ultimately will make you um, a, an adult that will make decisions based upon your experiences. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, um, this year, recently, you just got back into coaching basketball at the high school level. So uh, why don't you tell me a little bit about how that came about and, and where you're yeah. going to be because you're not going to be here in the, yeah. in the Delphi area. Well, I, I, I'm currently <clears throat> with this year in my 18th year of coaching uh, boys varsity basketball, 10 years of which I was a varsity head coach. And, and I gave that up uh, about seven years ago. And one of my former uh, assistant coaches, Mike Lewis, who taught here at Delphi and coached here at Delphi, has moved on, and he moved back close to the area at Western High School uh, near Kokomo, and he called me in May, and we always wanted to get back together, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. 
Getting the band back together. Getting the band back together. <laughs> so starting in May, he called and said, uh, tell Amy uh, that practice starts next Wednesday, <laughs> and I expect you to be there 15 minutes early, and didn't really give me an opportunity. And it's been a blessing. Oh. Um, one, I have a lot of respect for coaching and coaches all around, uh, but Mike Lewis is one of the best young minds in the state of Indiana, and mm -hmm. we have a lot uh, in common, and so it's easy to work. And, and again, mm -hmm. I can give back to someone that I, I – um, respect mm -hmm. and help him uh, in, in my own servant way mm -hmm. as an assistant and share some of the knowledge that I have. And it's, it's good to be called coach again right. uh, by the players. And so uh, we look forward to uh, building a pretty good program there over the next few years. That's, that's very cool. And I, and I imagine, you know, there's that anxiety of, okay, okay there's all this time and, you know, I'm going to miss Amy. And, um, <laughs> yeah, but I know she's going to be there to support you as well. And so that's, yeah. um, and you talk about how, like, you're going to be there to support him. But I think also um, in a role reversal, he's also going to be there to help support you because, I mean, you are such a sports fan and, yep. and you love it. You have great ideas and things like that. And, and it's fun to be able to talk to somebody that has similar ideals and very much and so. That, so you know he is um i've learned a lot getting back from what he's gained in the last seven years since we've been together uh and it's it's nice to be with people who want to uh, produce something outstanding and are willing to learn on every mm -hmm. day right uh, about their topic and, and that can be an education too so it's mm -hmm. it's fun to have solid discussions Delphi yes. discussions. We talked <laughs> about our third period discussions. Uh -huh. When you have discussions with high level people, that just advances you, and whether it's sports or education. Right, and I think that's a perfect segue into our education part here. Um, you are. We've talked about your passion for sports, your passion for coaching. Um, you would talk about your family being a you know family guy and everything, but you have an just a, an awesome passion for education too. And, and it's not necessarily tied to your social studies content, but it is what everybody should tie it to. And that's just, that's the students. And mm -hmm. that is making every student that walks through your door much more, um, I hate to throw this out there, but like globally aware of things outside of the four walls of the classroom and outside of, you know, the walls of the high school. Um, but you also, you know, you want them to become a better person and, you know, textbooks don't teach you how to be a better person. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, I, I, um, I made a choice. Uh, I have a business degree and I have an education mm -hmm. degree. And after three years in the business world, I wanted to coach and teach. And I made a decision that I wanted to make a difference. Mm -hmm. And so that's where my philosophy comes from, is how do you make a difference in young people's lives? Mm -hmm. And, um, excuse me. I um, I believe that content is important, right? But I don't think jamming so much content, so many chapters into someone's yeah. mind, only for them to forget it by the first week of summer, matters as much as as lifelong skills. And mm -hmm. so that's what I'm passionate about: using the content to really teach young men and women how to better themselves, how to critically think, and how to be better once they leave our walls. Mm -hmm. I think that's really, really important. And I couldn't agree with you more. Um, one of the things that, you know, when you go into your classroom, some people may come observe and like, oh, my gosh, like there's, it, it's almost crazy sometimes. But the reason it's crazy is because you give student choice. Mm -hmm. And the kids could be working on a same general, like, main topic, but they could be using different tools, like five or six different tools to try to get to almost the same result. And, and that's something that I think that when people come in and observe, that's something they really need to understand is, 
these kids are learning. You, you give them the tools to learn mm -hmm. the way that they learn, not just one way. Here's how it has to be done. Here's how I'm going to say it has to be done. And, and that's, uh, I think that's fantastic. You give that. And, and so what is, you know, what, what are some of the things that you kind of do in class to you know, learning? That I think learning's messy. And, and that includes a little bit of chaos. I mm -hmm. think that includes um, a little bit of failure. Mm -hmm. I think that includes a little bit of misuse of freedom. So, you know, we see, we see a variety of those things going on. And <coughs> man, I got a cough there. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm trying to get sick as well, yeah. so don't feel bad. But what we do is student choice, you mentioned, is, is huge. Students get to pick what their assessments are instead of me giving assessments so that they can have an interest. And when they have an interest, they're more likely to learn seven, eight, nine fundamental pieces of content than if I told them exactly how to do things. <clears throat> they have choice on, on how many slides and how long the paper mm -hmm. should be instead of the teacher saying that so that they learn from their positive decisions and right. their negative. If we don't incorporate failure, so when someone comes in my classroom, you're going to see a lot of failure. You're going to see someone not using their time right. You're mm -hmm. going to see someone who is, is putting together a pretty weak paper. Mm -hmm. And then we are going to meet and evaluate and give positive feedback, not just a number with the red mm -hmm. ink. So that improvement is huge in, in, in my classroom, but it has to be messy in order for us to get there. Right. Yeah, and, and that's something that I think as educators, sometimes we feel like we are you know, inundated with so many standards that we feel like we don't have that time for a student to fail and for us to give some constructive feedback and then give them a chance to improve their skills. Because I mean, if you just do kind of a one and done, this is the way I feel anyway, if you just kind of give a one and done, um, then the kid doesn't get a chance to improve and they don't get a chance to go back. And that's something that I know when I was in the classroom, I was not always very good at because I was so worried getting through the standards. And I would wish I could go back and change some of my ideas, but I think that's very important that you give those students an opportunity to continue learning, and that, that's kind of a hidden part of your classroom, I would say. Yeah, and sometimes the results won't be known until maybe they're outside of your classroom. We, we, right. live, we live, schools are typically compliant. Mm -hmm. Yes and no, or right or wrong, or good behavior, bad behavior, but sometimes um, you, you got to work your way through that a mm -hmm. little bit in order for them to see the errors of their uh, of their ways and and to to get better. That mm -hmm. doesn't make it easy. It's it's frustrating sometimes when right. students make choices that you wouldn't want Ugh. them to make. Yes, but if we make all the choices for them, it's it becomes a real helicopter situation, and then we turn them loose into the real world, and they're not ready to make decisions. And mm -hmm. from what I'm hearing in the business world, that's that's a big issue. Right, and I, I would agree with that. And I, my father-in-law owns his own business, and he will talk about younger people that will come in, um, work for him, and they can't make a decision. And they'll have to call him, and t he's like, I'm on the phone constantly making decisions that they should be able to make. They're just not doing that. Um, one thing you hit on about when students are working in your classroom is they may be on like six, seven different items. Um, how do you, as an educator, become persistent I mean you're you're a lifelong learner like how do you how do you learn the tools that they're using you know how do, how do you take the time to I mean because that's the hard part as an educator is like there are so many tools how am I going to become a master at all of them how do you how do you deal with that? I, I don't believe I need to master the tools before I let kids use the tools in my classroom if I need if I really want to learn something I assign it to a student mm -hmm. and then I have them teach me mm -hmm. um, when I got the microphones that we're using 
-hmm. I handed the box to a student, said, figure out how this works, write it down yeah. on a piece of paper, and, you know, let's go. Mm -hmm. um, I believe learning is a two-way street. And so, I, you know, I fired myself from teaching two or three years ago, and I stole <laughs> this from someone on Twitter, so it's not my original idea. But I fired myself from teaching, mm -hmm. and I became a lead learner. Mm -hmm. And I'm learning every day content. Mm -hmm. I'm learning, um, you know, technology and stuff that happens. I'm learning process. I'm learning how to structure class better, uh, even in a messy environment. But I'm not afraid to learn from students. And so mm -hmm. it takes away that power position. Right. Hey, we're, we're learning along with you. And if you're going to be working on something, I'm going to be working on something. And, and so I'm no longer a teacher. I'm a lead learner. Mm -hmm. And so if I need to if I see a new app, I ask students about it, and right. they come up and they and they teach me. Right, and that's um, you talk about firing yourself. Uh, we kind of hit on this earlier. You know, I'm not a big fantasy football fan. I've fired myself as a coach <laughs> many times for my own fantasy. And team. seeing your results, and it I, might happen again. And it might happen again in one of the leagues <laughs> this year. It's, it's it, we're getting close to a coaching change here. So, um, all right, let's talk about one of the one of the coolest things you've done. Because I mean, a lot of times you don't necessarily do the same activities every year and it keeps the class fresh uh, this year you did this project with uh kind of you know promoted by don wetrick uh the global innovation challenge you know how'd that work out in your econ class well it, it i got an email from don wetrick or a tweet mm -hmm. from don wetrick who's at noblesville and is a really great mind in, in current educational ideas and he said hey next week we're starting a four-week global innovation. <laughs> if you're interested, sign up. And that, that's just how I roll. So mm -hmm. I just signed us up. And then I made a plan real quick on uh, being a global uh, innovator in the classroom. And we, we had groups of students get together and try to solve real world problems by coming up with a solution, a business solution. And, and the whole process is not necessarily to be successful, but it is to go through that failure. Mm -hmm. And writing a proposal, we had several students who met with our principal with ideas from parking lot changes to um, drinking fountain changes to dress code to computer issues. We had some people try to handle uh, raising money to give um, blanket packages to, to the homeless. Mm -hmm. And they went through the four-week process that Don had laid out for us, and we connected with another school, which is always mm -hmm. impossible. Okay. It was always not impossible. It was always important. Mm -hmm. And we got feedback from another school. And overall, the idea was get people thinking, right. right? Get them to think, which led to communication, which led... And students really thrive for having their ideas matter. Mm -hmm. I think they're at a point where they're tired of of just spinning back information. And, yeah. and when you give them the chance to dream and come up with something, there's there's a lot of energy in the classroom. And and none of these uh, business solutions ever, we, we didn't sell anything, we didn't produce anything. It was a four-week planning event. But I think the students understood the importance of thinking through problems, finding mm -hmm. solutions, and, and, and understanding when you have a setback, how to handle a setback and pivot away. So it was an overall really good thing. And I think educators need to be ready uh, as things pop up and not mm -hmm. wait until they've been proven for 10, 20 years yeah. before they implement them in their class because we too need to fail. Right. We, we too need to be okay with failing because through that then comes something better. Mm -hmm. um, my first semester econ, we're doing some choice things and I need to add a little structure so I wrote a syllabus for a second uh, semester econ and so first semester helped me be better. We need to look for opportunities like that and not turn them down because we're not sure what it's going to look like. Mm -hmm. This turned out to be a great 
project with one week's notice. And I think you're you're in that uh, kind of north group with me, yeah. like northeast, you know, where we just, just like jump right in, go and just hop right in. We're yep. like, yeah, we'll figure it out here. Details, yeah, details, schmeetails. So who needs details? Uh, yeah, exactly. Um, so a lot of things that we've talked about in your classroom kind of give way to this poster that you shared with everybody at school that is up in your classroom. Um, you know about the. Uh, you know, successful, it's this, I like to call it the successful graduates poster. Yep. And, you know, there's a lot of things on there that kids, that we think, you know, students should be able to do by the time they leave Delphi High School. And, um, you know, would you like to discuss, you know, what are some of those ideas? Yeah. And how, you know, how do you, how do you fit those in with the kids that are so used to being textbook driven, yep. grade letter driven, and how do you get those ideals into their heads? That's a good question. It comes full circle back to, our, our boys, Brandon and Brent, when we took them on uh, college um, visits and their orientation for college, both Indiana State and uh, Indiana met with parents and went over some things that they thought that their graduates needed mm -hmm. uh, when mm -hmm. they left the colleges. Mm -hmm. And they re both really stressed getting involved, getting involved with clubs, right. being active, getting internships. And I'll never forget when Brandon went to IU, um, the placement, the dean of placement at IU said, please don't come to me your last semester with the 4.0 and no experience <laughs> because I cannot find you a job. Mm -hmm. And so that really, I was already there somewhat, but it really shifted our idea. So Amy and I put together this successful graduates possess the ability to list, and we really borrowed it from Indiana State and Indiana mm -hmm. and kind of molded it to um, Delphi, and then I had a student group that modified it after year one, and oh. it, it includes critical thinking, goal setting, collaboration, a global awareness, empathy, communication, having integrity in your work, mm -hmm. uh, creation, uh, effective use of knowledge, and service. Mm -hmm. and, and the way we use it in class is that's what I teach on a daily basis. And right. then I try to pick the content, the right. assessments, <laughs> the activities, to fit into uh -huh. these successful things. It's kind of backwards planning. Right. It, it's not chapter one, what mm -hmm. do I do for chapter one? It is how do I get them critically thinking? How do I get the students to set goals? How do I get them to think about others? And okay, I'm gonna use um, you know, the Constitution and, and the Bill of Rights in this activity, but mm -hmm. here are the things that we really wanna do. It's the literacy standards, the process standards right. in math, are really the focus and the content standards are, are the, the information that we use. So I've really shifted in the last three or four years from focusing not on the content standards, but on th this list plus mm -hmm. what we have in our, our literacy standards, our thinking standards. Mm. Which is very cool because I, I think, you know, as, as teachers, we when we, were, well, when we were young and we went through school, you know, we learned from the teacher up in the front and, you know, they told us everything we need to know. We went to college. That's how we learned. And then that's also how we were kind of taught to teach. And then throughout the years, that's how we taught. Like, I mean, you know, being the, the sole purpose of you and the textbook were the only source of information in the classroom. And so I love how you've kind of redirected that because it, it is true. You know, when I always tell my kids in the math classroom, you know, when you go to a, um, when you go to a job and you're an adult, nobody's going to give you a worksheet of 20 problems <laughs> and say, hey, if you could solve these one set equations, that'd be great. Yeah. You know, but what they're doing I choose is, C. <laughs> yeah. Well, I didn't give you multiple choice this oh. time. It's math. It's short answer, oh, right? Sorry. That's the only way we can yeah. do it. <laughs> no, um, but, I, but I think it really has kind of come around that way because... Um, you're talking about, you know, universities are wanting people that have a little more experience with service. And 
I, I don't know about you, but there have been maybe on one hand, I can count how many people asked what my class rank was, you mm -hmm. know, and um, I know about two people that might have been salutatorian or valedictorian <laughs> in their life. And um, it, it's weird because I really don't label them that now. Right. I don't call anybody, you know, I don't salute them or, right, you know, exactly. and things like that. And so I, I, uh, I, I really appreciate how you've kind of looked at your, at yourself mm -hmm. in your own classroom and how you have gone out and found ways to change, effectively change your role in the classroom, but also get our learners at Delphi to be more well-rounded and more, not just like textbook and content driven, but to be a more well-rounded individual. Well, well thank you. And, and <clears throat> I think it's just an emphasis of, I don't want them to be successful in a semester. Right. Right. I want them to be successful for life. Mm -hmm. And we may never know about it, but mm -hmm. I think we, we owe it to our, stu our students to adapt. Mm -hmm. and, and unfortunately, you know, education, I believe in public education, but we have been a, uh, a body, uh, a company, if you will, that's been slow to adapt. Mm -hmm. We are not an innovative uh, business, so yeah. to speak. And I would really like to see that change because the world's changing so fast with cell phones and the Internet and the knowledge that is out there now is is just so massive mm -hmm. that you know we need we need the students to be part of that global world here not come in here to be shut out mm -hmm. of the global world and dive into into <clears throat> the print world that doesn't mean that reading is obsolete right. a good book it, it, you know uh, isn't important but uh, we need to adapt to some different styles of learning mm -hmm. to meet different needs and and I'm proud to be on the forefront of that mm -hmm. uh, I think Barry Stone who got uh, me involved in no textbook uh, back Barry, six or really? seven. I'm sorry, <laughs> let's beat that out on, in the yeah. editing. But he was innovative. Uh, he's been, right. that was nine years ago, he asked me to go no textbook. And mm -hmm. it's really made the difference in me. It's energized me to find good resources, right. to connect with students. Mm -hmm. And, and um, you know, um, Matt Miller, I think, does the mm -hmm. ditch that textbook and, Correct. And, and ditch that homework stuff now. And so mm -hmm. there's some really some new ways. And I really encourage people to find innovative ways inside their classroom, but also inside their schools. Mm -hmm. um, well, Brian, you've been a tremendous um, guest slash host because <laughs> this is my first Delphi discussions, and I was glad that you enabled me to interview you. Well, I appreciate instead. the suggestion, <laughs> and uh, so I'll look forward to next week getting back on the other side of yes. the interview process. But it, exactly, and, and I look forward to beating you in fancy football. Um, <laughs> I got a really big chuckle out of you. I don't yeah. know why. Um, and then I look forward to our third period discussions a little bit more here. We need to get uh, back to those. Yes, so. yes, we do. So uh, thank you, young man. You're welcome. Uh, and this has been another issue of Delphi Discussions. Contact us here at school through email if you have any topics you'd like us to consider. Thanks, Kyle. Perfect. Thank you. <laughs>